everybody, it's me, Emmy. I'm just your average coffee-loving girl trying to navigate life and what it means to follow Jesus. You see, I started this podcast as a way to keep me accountable in my personal Bible reading goals. And also, I wanted to create a safe space to share how I'm applying God's word to my everyday situations. Honestly, I just have a lot of questions and I figured, well, you probably do too. So why not just come along for the ride as I read through my devos and try to figure out life and Jesus. So grab your Bibles, grab your coffee. Let's dive in. So today we are actually starting a brand new study. Um, I finished the Do Not Fear study book that I was going through. So now it is actually today is Ash Wednesday. So we are in the Lent season. And I'm going to be honest, I do not have a clear sense or picture of what Lent is. Um, I never really had a full understanding of what that season truly meant. Um, So to me, it kind of was just like, I don't know, something that like my Catholic family members or friends they did and like they didn't eat meat on the weekends or something and they gave up something for 40 days but beyond that my understanding of Lent or the season was like little to none so it was interesting to me that the study that I'm about to start now um is called come to life and it's a Lenten study of the book of Ezekiel so like um, I love that the study book gives me information of like, what is Lent? Why are we reading Ezekiel for Lent? Like the first two questions I had, like it breaks it down for me, which I wanted to share with you because if we're about to be on this journey together for the next few weeks, let me share the same information with you. So today is going to look a little differently. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about what is Lent. We're going to talk a little bit about why we are diving into the book of Ezekiel together for this time of Lent. And we are going to do like a little bit of like, information about the book of Ezekiel before we dive into it. So this should be pretty cool. I'm excited to share this with you guys. Um, And hopefully through this, my goal is to have a better understanding of the true meaning of Lent and how it's supposed to prepare my heart leading up to the Easter celebration, like that whole big weekend. Um, Maybe it'll help me see it in a new light or appreciate it differently. And also, I just, like, so the the title of the study is Come to Life, and I just want to feel alive again. Sometimes I struggle with just going through the day-to-day motions of life, and something that I've been trying to experience more is that life to the full that Jesus promises me and John. So I'm just like, all right, if you promised me, I want to feel it. So let's see if we come to life together. So what even is Lent? What is it? Well, it has some information here. So for more than a thousand years, Christians around the world have observed the Lenten season with the sober acknowledgement that with humanity came sin and with sin came death. So as believers, we're invited, though not required, to do the same. Okay, cool. So this comes from a place of the fall of man. Sure. Sin entered the world. Now we're invited to acknowledge that, but there has to be a hope to this. So let's see. Scripture tells us that we're made to know God and to live in his perfect presence. Yes, that's why he formed us. God formed us from the dust of the earth, and he declared us to be good, and he gave us the honor of bearing his image. And we see that in Genesis chapter 1. 
But then, dun dun dun, sin want to come all up in there after we rebelled against God. And by we, I do mean Adam and Eve because I was nowhere to be found. Um, <laughs> and generations later, we're continuing to turn away from him because as a human race throughout history, we just continue to fail to obey God. We fail to seek after him with our whole hearts. So this whole sin issue is not only affecting our own relationship with God, but our relationships with one another and with all of creation, which makes a lot of sense because if death is the result of sin or the consequence of sin, then everything around us is subject to death, decay, and frustration comes with sin. Cool. But the good news is that God doesn't leave us in that state of just hopelessness and despair and destruction because well, that would be terrible. Like, why would we even continue if that's the end all? But it's not. So that's good news, is that the entirety of scripture, the entirety of the big God story, is that of a saving God, the one who pursues his people. He invites us to return to him, to be made new. Um, The redemption story actually culminated in God coming to earth as man. Shout out Jesus. Way to go, Jesus. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to deliver us from sin to restore peace and order through his life, death, and resurrection. So, this is this is good. Like, I really have never, I don't know. I didn't know any of this. Is that bad? Is that embarrassing? Like, I grew up in church and I didn't even know this. Okay, so, we are saved by grace through faith. Yes, I know that. Okay, cool. And... Because of that, we are able to be restored to God forever because of Jesus. Through his sacrifice, I get that. So thank you, Jesus. Now, through the gift of the Holy Spirit, we're invited to play a role in God's redemptive work in the world as we wait for him to come scoop me back up from this madness. So, okay, here it is. Lent is a long, slow season. So the opposite of everything that I try to do and be like I'm pretty fast-paced okay yay let's slow it down then together from ash Wednesday today to holy Saturday we reflect on our desperate need for salvation before celebrating the miraculous undeserved gift of Easter Sunday so we're going to remember our need for forgiveness in order to truly rejoice in the unmatched indescribable way of our loving and merciful God that meets that need this is it this is Lent that's it So I'm going to remember that I need forgiveness and then I'm going to celebrate that Jesus gave it to me. I can do that. There you go. Lent summed up in one, two sentences. Where where has this been my whole life? You know what? I probably could have Googled it. That's on me. I could have looked this up way sooner in life, but it's okay. We are here now and we are going to thrive because we are moving from surviving to thriving, guys. We are going to thrive now. Okay, so why are we reading Ezekiel? Well, that's the question I have for you, dear book. Why are we reading Ezekiel? So apparently the rhythm of repentance and remembrance, which is what Lent is all about, is reflected in the story of Ezekiel. So... That's pretty exciting. I guess as we walk through the book of Ezekiel over the next few weeks, because it's a wee thing, we are doing this together. 
you that keep tuning in and thank you for that. So we're going to get to immerse ourselves in a beautiful story of holy judgment, merciful restoration, ever-present hope, with an exclamation point, thank you, and the promise of salvation. So Ezekiel, who was your original audience? Who were you trying to talk to? Um, Ezekiel's original audience was a people of peril. No, not of peril, in peril. Wow. That sounds terrible. They were not having a good time. So his original audience was not having a good time. I would say they were not thriving. They were not having fun. They had been taken from their homes into exile into a foreign nation. Their leadership was corrupt. Their hearts and their worship were directed towards false gods. And their lives were seemingly without hope. So talk about not a good time. So... We're going to see time after time, speech after speech, display after display, that the book of Ezekiel is going to give us the the grim reality of sin. It's going to use graphic metaphors to grab our attention. I'm here for it. Grab my attention. And hopefully we are going to be woken up to the reality of sin, how it's destructive and it's evil. Um, And that goes against everything good and how God created it to be. However, that's not, we're not just going to stay negative there. As we read Ezekiel, we're going to see how God deeply grieves sin and how sin breaks our relationship. But hopefully that allows us the time to acknowledge and confess, personally here, whatever it is that's breaking my relationship with God. Because my ultimate goal is to strengthen my relationship with God and... And in doing that, I'm hoping to remember to be able to appreciate more the forgiveness that he so freely gives me. So, like, I don't want to stay stuck in that negativity of, like, oh, I messed up really bad. But, like, you know what, God, I'm going to sit here with it and I'm going to give it up to you and we're going to work through it. So that way at the end, here come a few weeks to Easter, I am going to go in celebrating with a new confidence and appreciation for the forgiveness that you've given me. So it says here that Ezekiel reminds us that salvation from God alone is our hope. And the season of Lent and Easter declare that our ultimate hope, Jesus Christ, has already come. So there is hope and we're about to celebrate it. So let's talk about a few things of the book of Ezekiel. Um, a little timeline. It was written during Judah's time of exile in Babylon. I literally just taught this on Sunday. That is wild. Like I taught this to the kids a few days ago. So that is super cool. Okay. So apparently this, the last dated oracle in the book occurred in the 27th year of King Hoyachin. Definitely butchered that. Indicating that Ezekiel's ministry lasted 22 or 23 years. Okay, cool. So let's get a little background on our buddy Ezekiel. Since we're going to be spending so much time with him, let's see who he is. So Ezekiel is the son of Buzi. Now that's a name. Was among approximately 10,000 citizens of Judah deported to Babylon when King Nebuchadnezzar invaded Jerusalem in 597 B.C. And his prophetic call came four years later in the fifth year of King Jehoiachin's exile. So Ezekiel was 30 years old when he received his call. I'm about to be 30 in a few years. Whoa. 
See, like I used to feel like Ezekiel was old, right? Once upon a time when I was a kid. And now I am close to his age and ooh, life is happening. Okay, so he lived during one of the greatest crises in Israel's history, which is the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple that Ezekiel would have served in as a priest. Whoa. So what is the message and the purpose of your book, Ezekiel? What are we diving into here? Um, it's revolving, his message is revolving around the fall of Jerusalem. So apparently prior to the announcement of Jerusalem's fall, like before this whole exile thing going on, Ezekiel's main message was one of judgment. So Ezekiel was out here exposing the nation's moral depravity and their absence of spiritual concern. Like they were out here wild and reckless and not even worried about it. And then, you know, sin caught up to them and they had consequences to pay. And so then, they, you know, Babylon took over. Not in a very nice way. So that is like actually so crazy. Okay, so some tips and tricks for reading the prophets and prophecies, which Ezekiel is one of the prophetic books. He is a prophet, so we're going to be reading some of his prophecies. So in order to discern the meaning of the prophetic messages, we should probably first understand them in their original setting. So that's something that we'll consider. The other thing is the books of prophecy are collections of allegories, parables, prose, sermon, oracles, prayers, poetry, and short narrative episodes. I'll hear saying episodes like I'm about to watch something. So these literary works frequently include metaphors and symbolism and other type of imagery to, con to communicate literal truth. So that's going to be exciting because it's not like the last study that we did. Like this time, we're going to be focusing heavily in one book while looking at other verses and stuff that support it or whatever main idea that we're going to try to explore that day. But this one's going to be more centered, like going through the book of Ezekiel. Um, number three tip is God's attributes are wholly present throughout every one of his messages. Yes, I'm here for it. Like God is not sometimes loving and sometimes he's just, um, there's no like some of his traits are on like a hierarchy, if you will. Like he expresses all his attributes all the time. He is all that he is all the time. So like, even though we're going to see unique parts or, like, his unique attributes can be identified individually or separately throughout Scripture, the essence of who he is remains whole and undivided. And hopefully, when we're reading passages that emphasize one attribute over the other, we're not going to forget or we're going to remember, let's keep it positive, we're going to remember that just because we're focusing on one attribute doesn't mean that the other ones aren't true. Like, all of God is true all the time. So he is loving and just and merciful and forgiving and super awesome all at the same time, even if we're just looking at certain parts of that in some of these messages. And number four tip. Some of these prophecies, Old Testament, straight up these prophecies are apocalyptic and dark like some of them are very doom and gloom so let's you and me help me help you help us together remember that the darker the prophecy 
the brighter the cross. So the darker, the doomier, the gloomier that the prophecy may appear to us as we're reading through this, it's only to help us get a brighter visual of the hope of the cross. So thank you, Jesus. All right, cool beans. Let's keep going. Um, What else should we look at before we dive into the book of Ezekiel? Okay, so let's let's jump and look at some of the metaphors and allegories. So throughout the book of Ezekiel, the prophet is going to deliver God's messages because that's what a prophet does. He receives messages from God and shares God's message to his people. So Ezekiel is going to use metaphors and allegories for emphasis because he is super good with his words and he's going to help us understand things differently from just, I guess, telling me how it is. So um, there are some key metaphors and allegories that he goes or he references, I guess, throughout the book. And one of them is Jerusalem. There's a few examples here, but I don't want to spoil it. Like I want us to go through it together. So I want us to be on the lookout for these, I guess, words or phrases. So like Jerusalem. Now I'm going to read it. Okay, so Jerusalem, the useless vine that God throws into the fire as fuel. Ouch, aggressive. The unfaithful wife who repeatedly breaks her marriage covenant. Oh, so she, oof, girl. Okay. An adulterous daughter who commits prostitution along with her sister Samaria. Sheesh, Ezekiel, calm down. A boiling pot which will eventually burn up. Jerusalem is not getting a good rap right now. And I don't, I can't wait. Like, I don't know because I want to, I can't wait to find out. Like, I really can't wait to see what is the context around these specifically harsh <laughs> connections, metaphors here. Okay, so Judah, a vine that stretches its branches toward two eagles. A lioness whose offering, offspring rule with terror and cruelty. A vine that is uprooted and thrown to the ground. Okay, she's a little less aggressive. I could rock with that. Tyre, a ship that wrecks because of its wickedness. I'm going to assume that they didn't obey God because it literally says it. Okay. Um, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, a mighty cedar tree that will cut that will be cut down like Assyria. I'm sorry, Pharaoh. They're coming for you. Ezekiel. Oh, so now we're talking about self. Oh, watchman for Israel appointed by God. Okay. Talk about it. Give yourself a good. Yes. Yes, you are. Israel's leaders. They are unfaithful shepherds who cause the sheep to scatter. Well, given that his messages was of judgment before they got taken over, I'm going to assume that they were not listening. They weren't obeying God. They were probably in the vicious little cycle that they had going on this nation of Israel of like rebellion, not obeying God. And hopefully they reach repentance at some point before the end of the book. And then the Lord, we like him. He's a good one. The Lord is the faithful shepherd who will save his flock. Okay, there's hope. He's going to save his flock. I'm here for it. Okay, in addition to using metaphors and allegories, God often instructed Ezekiel to prevent, not prevent, oh my goodness, why can't I read? To present, present, a visual dramatization of a prophecy known as a sign act. Yes, I am here. A visual dramatization, like before TV, he's out here acting it out, like, like a whole play. 
a little bit if I could time travel like the way that Superbook shows the kids and the robot they go back in time and they get to like interact with the Bible characters I so so want to do that oh man I want to be there for some of this stuff but like with a way to get back home like don't leave me stuck there because some of this was not fun but I want to see it okay so we're gonna get to see Jerusalem siege and fall he's gonna act that out I can't wait to see how the exile and Israel's anxiety. So we're going to see Jerusalem, I guess, acted out in Ezekiel chapter four. In Ezekiel chapter 12, we're going to see the exile and Israel's anxiety. In Ezekiel 21, we're going to see the roots which Nebuchadnezzar can use to overtake the city. Okay. Ezekiel 24 is going to show us that the people's future response to the fall of the temple. And Ezekiel 37 is the reunification of the kingdoms of Israel and Judah. Ezekiel, you're a whole actor out here. Look at you getting your debut. Let's get you a contract and a show. Now I want to kind of jump to like, I like, all right, real talk. I just want to jump to those chapters and read how he acts this out because that's how my brain is working right now. Okay, so I'm actually really excited, really, 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 really super excited to dive into this study with y'all like i'm here for it we're doing it um okay so i'm not really gonna dive into too much about what these passages um mean to me or what's jumping out but i do want to share some with you of just what i guess a few passages to get our our brains pumped and ready before we start with ezekiel chapter one next time we're together okay so genesis 1 27 so god created man in his own image he created him in the image of god he created them male and female god created us in his image meaning however we are made is perfect to him a lot of times i am not happy with my body how short i am how my hair doesn't curl or wave like it used to um my skin, like, just like, there's just so many things that I, I just don't like about myself. But then I read this verse, and I say, no, like, I should be happy in my skin and comfortable in my skin and happy with who I am. Because God made me this way. And guess what, I could have been worse off. And even if I would have been what my mind thinks is worse off, then that still would have been okay, because God would have made me that way. And that was perfect. Because I'm reflecting his image. I'm reflecting characteristics of him when I try to be like him. And that's perfectly fine and dandy because I need to be better at loving myself exactly how I am. So you know what, y'all? Love yourself. Give yourself a hug and be like, wow, thank you, God, that I you made me like this because I'm perfect because you made me the way that you wanted me to make me. Okay. Um, Our key verse for this whole book is going to be Ezekiel 36, 26. And it says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I don't want a hard heart that can't listen to or love God. I want that heart of flesh, which I'm hoping is supposed to mean that like it's softer and more willing to be like warm and loving. And I want the new heart and the new spirit that God wants to put in me. I want to be more and more like him each and every day, even though I'm like, I'm so bad at it, guys. Like, you don't even know. Like, I'm, I'd be wondering how Jesus puts up with me because your girl does not have it together. 
But I guess that's part of figuring out life. That's part of figuring out Jesus is how to follow Jesus better. But this is going to be the key verse that I work on memorizing. Maybe you want to work on it with me. Ezekiel 36, 26. And that'll be what we kind of look at the next few weeks. Um, and yeah. And then last but not least, as we lead up to Easter in the next few weeks, and we keep Ezekiel 36, 26 in mind, I also want to share probably the world's most popular verse. And the verse to follow is it that's probably least popular. So John 3, 16 through 17. For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Because that's how much God loves us. So thank you, God. I'm super excited to dive into a topic that I never even thought to like look up or study before. So I can't wait to see all the things that you want to show me and to feel your presence in new and exciting ways each and every day. Um, prepare my heart as I go through this Lent season that I can be more aware of things that hurt my relationship with you so I can fix them and grow closer to you. And also help me to appreciate and walk in that confidence of the forgiveness that you so freely give me and how much you love me. And help me to celebrate this Easter season coming up, this Easter weekend. Woohoo, that's about to come up in a few weeks. Help me celebrate that better than ever before with a newfound love and appreciation for all that you are. Um, in your holy name, I pray. Amen. Alrighty, my friends, when we get back together in a few days, we are going to dive in exactly at the very beginning of Ezekiel chapter one. And we are going to just ride this all the way to Easter. I probably won't be going through every single chapter reading it out loud to you guys, but I hope that you follow along and catch up and jump in where we jump in together. And I can't wait to see all the exciting things God's going to show us together. So until I see you, I hope you know that you are wonderful, you are awesome, and it's okay that you don't have it all figured out because guess what? I definitely don't. That's why we're on this journey together of figuring out life and Jesus with a handy-dandy cup of coffee along the way. So I'll see you next time in a few days. Have a great rest of your day. I keep saying goodbye because I, I wish you were here so I could wave at you and walk away, but, you know, we're here now. Anyways, I love you guys. Okay, bye.